Right on, right on, right on. Welcome to the Wednesday Military Analyst Show. I hope Chris does not keep us waiting too long today. Uh, this is obviously a really exciting uh, episode because we have covered King Arthur and the Philosopher's Stone previously on Right On Radio. And if you have not heard that episode, it uh, basically we reveal that Arthur's name in that story is referring to the Antichrist. So what you're going to hear today is basically um, the research that is put out there uh, is, in my opinion, from the system. But it's also going to fill in some gaps. So you're going to have to learn to read between the lines uh, in this because I do want to let uh, Chris be free flowing uh, in his presentation. Uh, there are many, many things that uh, are in this. It's It goes very deep. Um, you will hear things like uh, Arthur is Christ-like. You're going to hear things like that uh, from this essay. Uh, want to be 100% clear, Jesse and I believe in the risen Christ who has already come and risen and died for our sins. Uh, what you're going to hear, if you're able to read between the lines, is essentially the system's plan. <laughs> I think... I can't be any more clear on that. Uh, they've put it out in print, and you're going to hear uh, even, well, some different details than what Jesse and I shared, uh, to be clear. So just give me one second here. I He should have been on by now. Uh, let me just send him a quick text to make sure that he is ready. And I am typing. We are live. Please join. And Jessie's going to be doing her best to jump on as well. And I just sent her a text, so hey, let's see how it shakes out. Uh, but welcome, everyone. Welcome to Right On Radio. If this is your first time joining us, uh, you're welcome. We are a faith-based broadcast. The tagline of the show is live right in the real world. We tell you, we expose the real world to you, and you make your own decision on how to live right in that real world. Uh, we are your news now. We give news, views, opinions, and even some attitudes. And yes, Chris... Wilson, which is not his real name, we call him the military analyst, not reviewed because he would surely be wiped out by the cabal because of the information that he has bring bringing forth. He has been uh, very high up in the military. He was in charge of selling arms uh, on behalf of the U.S. government, U.S. military to countries like Israel to. Uh, to Saudi Arabia, he was in the research and development, the testing, uh, everything uh, to do with it. He has a huge background in this, and today's subject is going to be mind-blowing. Uh, military analyst, welcome back to Right On Radio. I'm on, Jeff. Yep. I'm here. Okay, a few points I wanted to mention um, before we go into the uh, session. Uh, you're familiar with the different types of uh, imaging uh, and word formats like GIF, TIFF, uh, GIF, PNG, EPS, MPEG, uh, JPEG, SVG, WebP, okay? Yes. Um, JPEG, the, the term JPEG translates into John Paul Getty. That's your Illuminous and Globalist, which has made life difficult for everyone operating on the Internet. Okay? That's number one. Uh, NASA, uh, which you know is National Aeronautic Space Administration, well, NASA is actually a Hebrew word. It's pronounced NASA. It means deceived, past tense, deceive, to deceive, uh, or deceive, present tense, and to be deceived, future tense. 
So now you know in the audience uh, knows uh, where the Zionist NWO is based from and the evil Talmudic sect originates and who has been dominating this world for tens of thousands of millennia. Uh, third point, I've explained that IHS is Egyptian. The I stands for Isis, the morning god of the sun. Uh, H stands for Horus, the midday sun god. And S stands for uh, Set, which is the setting sun god. ISIS, I also explained, stands for Israeli Secret Intelligence Services, and that was the Mossad was trained by the French Special Forces. And I also mentioned that Al-Qaeda equals the CIA. And you've heard of the um, Priory de Sion, which is in French, Priory de Sion. Uh, the S stands for Set, the I stands for ISIS, the O stands for Osiris, and the N, I wasn't able to include it. It's a word that I'm in, unfamiliar with. It's either Latin or uh, Greek. And uh, that gives you what it's based on because Sion, S-I-O-N, equals Zion, Z-I-O-N. Later, we'll host a session on this essay of the uh, Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion, which runs the world today. All right, let's that go forward. fascinating to me, Chris. Absolutely. I didn't know the meanings of NASA. Uh, but the JPEG one with uh, John Paul Getty, uh, that is quite interesting to me as well. So thank you for those tidbits of information. All right. Well, everybody likes to get a little bit of knowledge every day. And the secret to life is knowledge. And that's who uh, we meet people every day and through experiences and uh, uh, just uh, uh, verbal discourse that uh, we learn knowledge. And that's what I've done for the last 40 years. Okay, we're going to discuss King Arthur and the Legend of the Sword, Decoded. This is by what I consider the second best alternative historian in the world today, in the English language. Okay, uh, her motto and acronym is also known as The Truth is in the Code. She is the best decoder of movies, script, uh, um, images, and even, uh, especially even to the biblical uh, context. So uh, she goes on to say that um, growing up that she had heard about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, uh, of how Guinevere, um, Guinevere, rather, Arthur's wife, ran off with Sir Lancelot, and that she'd heard stories about the sword and the stone where only a special person could pull the sword from the stone and be the rightful king. But to me, these were just stories. Uh, they were taken as fiction, similar to trolls, dragons, and vampires. And she states that it's funny because if you look into them, they're all true. But those are for another day. Uh, regarding uh, King Arthur, when she discovered that Arthur was real, uh, she was astonished. Not only that he was real, but he was an amazing man. And not only was he amazing, but he was connected to the most amazing man that ever was. Arthur is a resonance of Christ. What the public isn't aware of is that what for over 2,000 years in current form that the Zionist uh, Talmudic Cabal and the Roman Catholic Church, which uh, the Zionist Cabal merged in 1540 with uh, uh, Ignatio uh, uh, de, let me see, um, uh, um, anyway, um, Loyola, sorry, Ignatius de Loyola. I've just got too much um, encyclopedias in my head. Uh, and so uh, with that, uh, they have their whole purpose has been to discredit and uh, eliminate any semblance of Christ to the our world today and then as far as uh, his purpose, his mission and uh, the positive aspects that he has uh brought to mankind. So um, the information that she learned was uh, suppressed through the ones ruling the world today who do not want to lose their control. Um, if this info was uh, known to the vast public, uh, life would change. There is um, in the writings of Bede, which is B-E-D-E, -E, uh, was his most famous work known as the Ecclesial, Ecclesiastical History of the English People. And also in, there's a lot of words that are going to be covered, uh, Jeff, that are, um, Welsh. And Welsh is not related. It is a language completely separate. It is not 
uh, derivation of the English language. It actually is closer to uh, uh, Egyptian and Turkish. Okay. Um, so I cannot pronounce a lot of those words. I'll have to spell them. But anyway, we'll get into that in a moment. Okay. Um, the other fact is that uh, this information has been here all along in front of us. It's in uh, Leamon's Brut of England, which is L-A-Y-A-M-O-N apostrophe S, B-R-U-T. And in the writings of Betty, which I mentioned, his most famous work uh, about the uh, ecclesiastical history of the English people. Okay, going forward. Um, basically, it was known as the Red Book. And red is actually associated with Christ, whereas today red is associated with evil, and that is intentional. So the Red Book of the Masons, their highest alchemical work, uh, which they call the great work, is Albert Pike's book uh, known as Morals and Dogma. Uh, that is what they refer to in their sect as the Magnus Opus. Okay, Carl Jung also developed a Red Book. And he called it the Red Book, but Pike and Jung were not Christians. They were known as the, um, uh, where the, uh, I'm going to spell it and then I'm going to pronounce it. M-A-B-I-N-O-G-I-A-N. And that is, uh, Mabinogen, uh, writes of the Christian king called Arthur. So the Mabinogen came first that the non-Christian followers usurped the Red Book as they're doing everything else then and today. Uh, it was usurped by scholars whose works are funded by universities who couldn't afford to go outside the mainstream line on Arthur's interpretation, and so we get incorrect hypothesis, timelines, fabrications, etc. Either that or erroneous chalk up to Arthur as fiction. Most of what you try to research on King Arthur is almost like footnotes and bylines because they've already eliminated the history of King Arthur. He was very positive, and there were two King Arthurs. I'll get that in a minute. But um, it is a second King Arthur that we're going to be focusing on. And uh, this King Arthur, they're both direct bloodlines of Christ. That is why they have been attacked, eliminated, and uh, deleted from all history. Or they're trying to. And uh, these, there were two Arthurs that existed who lived at different times like in the movie The Prestige, where everyone uh, is amazed by the magician's death-defying act, uh, when in reality it was a simple trick of using twins, meaning two people. And so now that you know that there were two Arthurs, one lived around 350 A.D. and fought the Romans, and the other one lived around 500 A.D. and fought the Saxons. Whereas the two Arthurs, uh, it just makes perfect sense. Researchers and historians Alan Wilson and Baron Brackett, Blackett rather, had discovered the key to the Arthur mystery, the secret of the mismatched dates from their book, Artorius Rex, and that's A-R-T-O-R-I-U-S. And this is the only period date offered in the Brut of England, and that's B-R-U-T. Uh, in the date of uh, 146 years after the incarnation of our Lord, this is deceptively easy for the Welsh believe Jesus was both human and spiritually divine during his lifetime, and then simply spiritually divine after his crucifixion. So the 546 years later would be after the incarnation added to, to the time of the crucifixion, which traditionally took place in what we believe is 33 AD. Therefore, the death of King Arthur took place 33 plus 4. 546 equals 579 A.D. Because the Masonic Order, which is behind this, is using uh, uh, dual methodologies and there's always uh, uh, dual meanings within within everything that they uh, state and release. Uh, so now all the dates match up with the historical record of Arthur when we take the 33 plus 546 uh, is 579 A.D. Now, if it was that simple as moving the dates forward 33 years and making everything fit, then we haven't others discovered, why haven't discovered this, this sooner? For one, notice the 33 that will give us a clue as to who is suppressing the information. The, the Masons are a vast organization, unified and in control of almost everything. They definitely have a handle on the universities and funding for researchers. So anything that 
they want to suppress will definitely not get funded. To get funding, one must be toe the line and be in line. Uh, one must ignore the blaring history that is uncovered. A side note, she stated, uh, Jesus was crucified by two thieves. This is symbolic of Tubal Cain, that's T-U-B-A-L, and Cain, meaning son of Cain. Okay. Um, anyway, which is a Masonic code. Christ is killed by the line of Cain, and the two thieves are Tubal, or two B-A-A-L, which is Baal, which was the ancient god worshipped uh, going back to Babylonia. Uh, Wilson mentions the truth about the dynasty of King Arthur affected the legitimacy of the British monarchies, and therefore the truth was obscured and distorted. Facts and evidence were proclaimed as false and legendary by the fake Tudor kings, and the slander they and their minions uh, perpetrated have been supported by fearful academics who have failed to investigate the truth for generations. So they and their minions, how fittingly they symbolize, show in the movie called The Minions. That was a cartoon for children. It was after 1301 AD that Edward I came up with the brainchild that only Englishmen should be allowed to be heads of state in Wales and called his son the Prince of Wales. And you know who the Prince of Wales is today. Wilson goes on, what is even more bizarre is that not only are, and I have to spell this because it is Welsh, uh, I-L-L-T-Y-D, Illit, and uh, uh, Genovisius, which is G-E-N-O-V-E-S-I-U-S, transported back 100 years out of time along with King Arthur and others, the absurd and ridiculous claim that is made that William, the son of Charles of Windsor, and his wife Diana is a direct descendant of the sterling bogus King Arthur. There are no lengths to which they will go to conceal the truth and obliterate the Gia Morgan and uh, Gwent, and that's uh, it's either G-I or G-L-A-M-O-R-G-A-N and G-W-E-N-T histories. Now, don't forget the highest female mason in the land is Queen Elizabeth II. So they are definitely part and parcel in suppressing the true history. Another part of the deception is a Glastonbury mirth. Arthur was never based in Somerset, and that's actually two words, S-U-M-E-R and S-E-T. And you know where S-E-T comes from, Egypt. The Holy, Grail, the Holy Grail went through Wales, not England. Somerset is the home of the Templars and John the Baptist. Remember that the Templars pretended to worship John the Baptist when they really worshipped Lucifer. Straight from the Morals and Dogma, Chapter 30 of Knights Kadash, and that's K-D-O-S-H, it states the Templars, like all other secret orders and associations, had two doctrines, one concealed and reserved for the Masters, which was... Johannism, which is J-O-H-A-N-N-I-S-M, the other public, which was Roman Catholic. Thus they deceived the adversaries whom they sought to supplant. Hence, Freemasonry vulgarly imagined to have begun with the Dionysus, that's D-I-O-N-Y-S-I-N, architects of the German stoneworkers, adopted St. John the Evangelist, as one of its patrons, associating with him in order not to arouse the suspicions of Rome, St. John the Baptist, and thus covertly proclaiming itself the child of the Kabbalah, and that's K-A-B-A-L-A-H, and Essenin, uh, which is E-S-S-E-N-I-S-M. That's from Essen, Essene, rather. Uh, here is the Masonic-inspired version of John the Baptist, with him doing as above, as so below. Notice one foot up and one foot down, sitting on a throne with a scepter in his hand and naked except for a cloth draped across his privates. Just like the pictures of Eliphas Levy, which is E-L-I-P-H-A-S, Levy of the Baphomet, and just like the statue of George Washington. So you can see who is deceptively behind making Somerset Arthur's home. And director Guy Ritchie's film, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, was originally set to be released on July 22nd, 2016. But as since, this is when uh, I found the article, and uh, but since it's been pushed back to March of 2017. July 22nd being Windsor Prince's George birthday. Notice the number 22. Note it ended up as being released in May of 2017 with the film grossing $148 million worldwide against $175 million production budget with critics warning audiences say away meaning that 
did they want the story of King Arthur to die? So now with the true history. So let's look at the true history of both King Arthurs. Uh, both King Arthurs were real. They were beloved kings of the British. The British being the descendants of King Brutus, who came to Wales in 500 BC. And the British, being Welsh, are claiming Trojan descent. The first King Arthur, known as the Mighty Conqueror, was born Sirrah 350 AD. The first King Arthur, eldest son and general of uh, Magnus Maximus, was killed in the great battle fought in June of 388 AD on the Siska, S-I-C-A, river in Yugoslavia. The second King Arthur, known as the Great Liberator and founder of modern Britain, was born in 500 AD. The second King Arthur was killed by an arrow in Kentucky, the United States, in the New World around 579 AD. The second King Arthur is the true King Arthur we believe, we know of today. Now, Welsh kings from around 450 AD on were buried along, were buried inside churches, normally in the right hand of God, in the north wall closest to the altar. Notice the sword is always in the right hand. Notice the triple crown on the shield showing spiritual power. The, short, the sword, rather, shows temporal power. And the north wall, because it is closest to God, God being located at Polaris, directly above Eden, located at the North Pole. The triple crown is reflected in the Hierophant card. You can see it on his crown. You can also see it in the triple cross, red robe with blue underneath. Red ruling over blue. Red represents the right, blue the left. Usurped by the universal church under the Pope of Rome. The Catholic Church worships Christ outwardly, comma, red, but inwardly blue, worshiping Lucifer. Hence the blue underneath the red robe. Like, As everything is a deception. In really quick, uh, just I just want to make a point for yeah. the audience, uh, and this is outside of your essay and your teaching, but notice how red... Uh, represents the right and blue represents the left. Uh, listen, this stuff is so common. Look, look at your political maps, people. Nothing is by accident. This is a continuation of uh, this information that Chris has given out right now. Uh, I'm telling you. Sorry, Chris, I just had to make that point. That's fine. You can interject anytime you want. Okay. So, um, I mentioned about the triple crown and uh, the Roman numeral V as in uh, what we think of Roman, Roman numeral five, the V is, is also the 22nd letter. Now this is backed up by the secret of Arthur's coded in the 22 in the cave of Lingart. And that's L I G L I N G A R T at coed. This is, this is Welsh C O E D space Y, space M-W-S-T-Y-R. They do not use the vowels as we do. They use multiple, multiple consonants together. Uh, and then St. Illid, which is I-L-L-T-Y-D, buries the king as described in section 22 of the life of St. Illid. In addition, there is clear reference in the verse 22 of the poem, and I'm going to have to spell this because it's, it's, uh, it's Welsh, Y-M-R-Y-S-O-N, Wormson, uh, G-W-Y-D-D-H-E-U, Guido, letter A, then G-W-Y-N, Gwyn, A-B for Ab, and N-U-D-D, Nund, Nud, refers to Arthur the Wonderful. The flags of Wales has the red dragon. Now, dragons are associated with serpents and the devil but it is also associated with the tribe of Dan. The tribe of Dan, as I mentioned, is uh, became Denmark, uh, as well as other locations, uh, which is one of the ten lost tribes of Israel. So I contend that it, used, that it was used for Dan, one of the Christian tribes, and obviously not for the devil. And Christ is associated with the red rose. The red rose is placed in the center of the cross. The center of the cross, like the center of our bodies, is where the heart is located and Arthur is associated with the same red rose in the war of roses with the York's white rose against the Lancaster's red rose but it was played out uh, way before this war it was played out in Arthur's time with King Arthur against King Cole and that's C-O-E-L 
Uh, my point is when I was growing up in the early 1960s, there was a supermarket chain and it was called King Cole, but it was spelled K-O-L-E. But that is from that name. It's just a different pronunciation, different spelling. They showed the feudal, uh, the feud between the roses and the Game of Thrones, uh, for that, uh, series on, uh, the movies and TV. I think it's HBO. With the Stark versus the Lancasters of Castle, Castery Rock, which is C-A-S-T-E-R-L-Y, Castery Rock, the Starks represented the Yorks. Notice how similar the Stark is to the word York. And the Lan- Lannisters represent the Lancasters. Look at their title. Lannisters of Canterley Rock. So they have Lancaster hidden in their name. The Lannisters would be the Red Rose and the Starks would be the Right Rose. This is a Game of Thrones is the feud between the War of the Roses, which has gone on since the beginning, between Christ and Lucifer. Even the abbreviation is telling. G-O-T. If you take the words Game of Thrones, it's the first letter of each capitalized is G-O-T. And that goes uh, close with G-O-T-T, which is a Germanic word for God. Got. Uh, Jamie Lancaster in the Game of Thrones would represent Arthur of, or Christ. Jamie is je t'aime, uh, meaning love in French, because he represents the heart. Also, he gets his right hand cut off. This is symbolic because Jamie would be of the right, meaning the right hand of God. So they are trying to cut off his power. The York-Lannister connection comes up in Arthur as well. There was a deep rivalry between the House of Brand, B-R-A-N, in South Wales, and the House of Cole, C-O-E-L, in York and far north. The head of the Cole House was King Mark, enemy of King Arthur. King Arthur dominated Wales, and King Mark dominated what was known at that time. It's um, L-I-O-E-G-R-E-S, Leogris, which is now called England. King Mark was killed in battle by Arthur in Brittany in the year 556 A.D., Notice how they show the House of Cole, C-O-E-L, symbolically in the Hunger Games. They are associating with the capital where President Snow resided. President Snow has always shown with the white roses, just like the House Coel. And like uh, President Snow, Jon Snow is a Stark slash York. Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table are the same as Jesus and his disciples. Arthur or Jesus is the one in the center, the center of a flat round table. The flat round table is the earth. The center is the pole, meaning the north pole. Directly above the north is the north star, Polaris. Polaris is of the bear constellation, also known as Arthur. Note that they depict Arthur in red, and he is holding a spear in his right hand. The public won't be able to see the pictures until you post it, but it will make sense when they do, when you can. Notice the painting called The Last Supper. You can see here there is an arc in the center of the table below Jesus. On the other renditions, they fail to show this arc. The arc is very important. It shows that the table is representative of the zodiac, or what is known as the Zou d'Arc in French. Z-O-O-D-E-A-R-C. Zou d'Arc. The constellations in the sky, meaning the 12 constellations, the 12 months. The 12 knights of the round table are all connected. We can see this in the depiction of King Arthur on a round table hung in the Grand Hall at Winchester Castle, which was built in 1222. And there are 12 rays to represent the 12 knights. And Arthur is in the middle, just like Christ. Notice, too, the white rose within the red rose, just like the Hierophant card where the blue under the red. We have the white within the red because they control the information of King Arthur, his true history. The white represents the Yorks, like the York Rite of Freemasonry. As you know, there are two. There's the York Rite and there's a Scottish Rite. Arthur is holding the true sword and stone, which is another representation of the temporal and spiritual keys. Arthur is the priest king. In present day, we have the church and the state separated. In Arthur's time, the two resided in one. Notice that he is always looking to his right. Now, they give us a clue in the tarot as well. Look at the emperor card in the tarot collection. It is very telling. We see that Arthur is wearing armor under his robe. He is a warrior king. 
He holds both temporal and spiritual power. Notice the Roman numeral four above his head. Sound it out. Letter I, letter V, IV, Latin acronym, like when you give blood. They stick it, the IV, in your arm. This shows that Arthur is the blood of Christ. He is the original bloodline. He has a ram's head at each corner. Ram is an anagram for Mars. He is a Marcian king that is spelled M-A-R-C-I-A-N. That is what his father, King Murid, M-E-U-R-I-G, Murid, was called. He is also known as Emperor Marcian, just like the Emperor Card. Coincidence? Never. Now, sound it out. He was a Marcian king. He is wearing a red robe. Red is the color of the right and red is the color of Jesus. Like the red rose, like the red dragon. Now, Arthur always, and it was spelled um, A-R-T-H-R-W-Y-S, as I said, it's Welsh, was also known as M-E-R-T-H-Y-E-R, Merthyr, and then M-A-W-R, which is Moore. Merthyr Moore means the great martyr. Now, martyr is Arthur with an M on the front. So if you take martyr and subtract the M, you get the word Arthur. M is a number equals, and Jabetra equals 13. Arthur. So the 13, the 13 being Christ and his 12 disciples. So that is where you get the word martyr from. See how the emperor card looks like the stained glass portrait of beloved King Arthur. Notice in the stained glass, he is holding his sword in his right hand because he is of the right, the right hand of God. Notice that the right means correct, that right means good. He is holding a spear in his left hand, and in the center of his crown is a Merovingian symbol, the fleur-de-lis. That has been uh, altered over time. The fleur-de-lis has a negative connotation later on. I'll get into that. Not today. Now the North Pole is known as Mount Meru, which is M-E-R-U, or Sumeru. Well, Sumeru is a first known civilization. Meru is short for Merovian. Notice how Merovinian is phonetically very similar to uh, Mab, the word I mentioned before, which is Mabinogian, M-A-B-I-N-O-G-I-N. And the Mabinogian is in the Red Book, the book that tells us of Arthur's history. So again, Mabinogian came first, so the Merovians usurp this name. Merovian also represents uh, in the Zodiac. Sagittarius is a sign of the archer by its name. The Sagittaria flower is shown here on the left and is represented as shown. Which you can see is similar to this, which is similar to the symbol of the Merovians and is also represented by the suit of clubs in a card deck. And the uh, clubs were originally represented as a suit of wands, W-A-N-D-S, in the tarot card deck. And the wands were symbolic of the element of fire. Fire is the element of Sagittarius, the element of the element of the archer, the element of Arthur. Remember, Christ's second coming will be with fire. Now, before we leave the Moravian connection, take a look at this. Mount Meru, M-E-R-U, in the Paramount logo, now, Paramount is what the head king was called in Arthur's time. Arthur was the 61st Paramount king. Notice the 22 stars in the Paramount logo of uh, the movie uh, firm. Okay. Uh, let me now, see. Now, now Wilson Paramount, writes. They show the ahead. mountain and there's all the, uh, the stars going around it in kind of a horseshoe fashion. It says Paramount. Uh, pictures essentially in the uh, the center of all of those, just to paint a picture for everyone listening. Right, but basically, it's all telling you about Zionism and who's controlling. Paramount, you have Metro Goldwyn Meyer, okay, and it goes on and on, but they're all controlled, and everyone has the CIA uh, as part of their um, staff. There is always an agent in everyone, and also at every university. Yeah, they're okay. all in the same club. That is absolutely right. And I already told you my experience with uh, with that at college. Okay, going back. Uh, okay, so now um, Wilson writes 
The old British kings ruled at the same time as their sons and even grandsons in dual and triple kingships. We don't have that today, but they did because it was a lineage, Jeff. So the ascension and their rule of younger king did not mean that the older king was dead. So there were several kings ruling at the same time, but only one head king, the paramount. This was Arthur. The paramount king was also known as the, I'm going to spell it and then pronounce it, the U-T-H-Y-R. Uther and then Pendragon, the ultimate head dragon, the red dragon of Wales, King Arthur. Christ the king was supposed to come from the north. Remember that the Masonics worshipped the south, east, and west, but never the north. They considered the north evil. Well, to them it would be because they worship Lucifer, not Christ. The polar bear is another symbol of Christ because it resides in the Arctic, and that's A-R-C, capitalized T-I-C, to get... So the public understands that you have the word Ark in Arctic at being the center. Look directly up from there and we have the North Star, the one immovable star in the sky. The only star that keeps in position, the constellations revolve around it. I'll explain that in later detail and uh, show you that uh, the difference between uh, a uh, geocentric world and uh, uh, the other type. Anyway. Um, where are we going now? Okay, and remember the polar bear is symbolic of Curtis Everett in the movie um, uh, Snowpiercer. Uh, Curtis is uh, is an anagram uh, for the word uh, Christ, which is one that uh, is is above. Christ is one letter, and uh, Curtis is one letter from the word Christ. And remember, Curtis sacrificed his left arm to save the boy because he is of the right, meaning the right side, the side of God and the positive side. Back to Arthur's round table, we find that it was also called the Wheel of Life. Notice the similarities to the Wheel of Fortune card in the tarot deck. Notice how it depicts the four fixed signs of the Zodiac, the, meaning the Zodiac. The angel in the top left corner is Aquarius. The eagle is Scorpio, the lion is Leo, and the bull is Taurus. The middle wheel contains an alchemical symbol for mercury, sulfur, water, and salt, the building blocks of life, and the four elements. The outer circle represents the material world. The X is Roman numeral 10, which symbolizes completion. It takes 10 months for a human baby to be born, not nine. X is also used in the shortened version of Christmas, as in Xmas. So X is also a shortened version of Christ or Arthur again. Now for Camelot. From a tourist Rex, Arthur was loved by his people. While the Normandy French built castles to keep them separated from the people, Arthur built forts in a pattern of a wheel to protect his own people. This system enabled signaling and communication stations designed to give early warning against an attack on the kingdom. The forts also provided shelter for the women, children, and livestock during the battles. And also, these records tell of kings who built towns and villages and churches in the same manner as the Romans, in the Roman fashion. This offers the most remarkable clue to the erection location of Roman towns and buildings in Wales. The Dark Age Welsh kings were simply doing what third world and underdeveloped nations do in this modern era. They were, important, they were importing Roman technology. Wilson also writes, Camelot can be broken down into C-A for C-A-E-R, meaning breaking the word into sections as what it represents, which is a fortress, and Melo, M-E-L-O-T, which is a corruption of the Welsh word uh, Melin, which is M-E-L-Y-N, or yellow. So Camelot means yellow fort. More important, it lies close to two very old farms. One is called, I have to spell this one because it's, it's uh, Welsh, B E T H L L or I L uh Y W Y D S B E T H I L W Y D S and that would be Bethlehem's church farm and the other is Yellow Wells farm. The Yellow Wells is so called because there were ancient sulfur pits on the land and in Welsh it would be F F Y N N O N Melon. So Finan Melon. The name of the fort would probably therefore be Care, which is C-A-E-R, or Car, however they pronounce it, Melon, M-E-L-Y-N, 
which is easily corrupted into uh, corrupted into Camelot in Norman French. Wilson states uh, up in Lisvan, which is L-I-S-V-A-N-E, close to our yellow fort, we find an old road name as P-E-N hyphen Y-R hyphen H-E-L-O hyphen F-E-L-Y-N, which would be pen hello fin felon, which is quite literally uh, translated as head of the yellow road. And it reminds me of the Wizard of Oz with a song and tale of the following the yellow brick road. The yellow brick road ends in a spiral. And what is at the center of the spiral of the circle is Arthur's seat. The spiral also comes up in Snowpiercer. Notice the two spirals about the little boy with red hair. And in the Revenant, on the canteen that is placed on Hugh Glass, or uh, actor, when he is in the shallow grave. Another connection between Arthur and Christ are the yellow daffodils. The yellow daffodil is the national flower of Wales, Arthur's country and is symbolic of Christ. Daffodils are the birth flower for the month of March. March is the month of Mars. Arthur's father was known as Emperor Martian, or it can be spelled three different ways, M-A-R-C-I-A-N or M-A-R-T-I-A-N, Martian, or M-A-R-C-H hyphen I-A-N, Martian. The round table is the next uh, subject. In referring to the round table, Wilson writes, the area dominated by Care or Camelot is anciently known as part of the Commote of Cyber, which is uh, C-Y-B-W-R. C-Y indicates a mutual uh, action, something that is done together. The second word, B-W-R, is more difficult and seems to be a version of table. But if this is the case, then we have cyber meaning simply mutually together at the table. This is then an obvious invitation uh, to infer that mutually together at the table is a place of origins of the stories of the round table of King Arthur. He goes on. There are considerable privileges of, of rights and freedom of taxation do not have certain ancient parallels in Welsh law. And we're in the other known cases is a result of conspicuous behavior, uh, bravery by the men of the area concerning fighting against the enemies of the nation. It is reasonable to assume, therefore, that the privilege of the men of Cyber, C-Y-B-W-R, were the result of some special mutual act of bravery, just when and under which king we do not know. The temptation is, of course, to see the actions as those of Arthur and his men, otherwise known as the Knights of the Round Table. Wilson also mentioned that in a land there were no coins, literally no money. No one accumulated wealth, and a king only needed enough land to support himself and his retinue and household. It was simple and straightforward. It was also a system which worked, and the Welsh enjoyed their own unique moneyless state for centuries until forced into the greed system by the late advent of the Normans and the subsequent influx of English notions imposed upon them. Wow. So no usury in the King Arthur's court, unlike what we have today. The Bible forbids usury, which is lending money for interest, uh, which was practiced by the Romans in Venice and are still being practiced today. Now, the characters in Arthur's legend were real as well. Let's take a few of them. There were three Guinevere's. So the common story about Guinevere is only half true as well. She did she did betray Arthur and run off with a lover. However, the lover was not Sir Lancelot. It was a prince named Maudred, which is M-A-W-D-R-E-D. And Arthur had two faithful Guinevere's as well. Arthur was married to a total of three Guinevere's. It was a second Guinevere that shamed the king. The three Guinevere's of Arthur were spelled G-W-E-N-H-W-Y-F-A-R, Gwenhifar, daughter of G-U-R-Y-T, Gwert of Gwent, which is G-W-E-N-T. Gwenhifar, daughter of the son of uh, G-R-E-D-Y-A-W-L, which would be Gredwell, and Gwenhifar, daughter of Curavan, which is O-C-U-R-V-R-A-N, and that's Gar, G-U-A-W-R. In 549 AD, the second Guinevere began a scandalous affair with, I can't even pronounce, this is like the longest name. We'll just call him uh, Modred, M-O-D-R-E-D. 
Karadok Vrichifas. No sense in spelling. So you you know Welsh. Okay, good. And and fled to the Perthshire in Scotland, where King Arthur pursued and caught up with her and allowed his dogs to tear to pieces. Medrod did not escape justice either. Medrod was a traitor who lived in northern England and held in York. Um, King Arthur executed him around 550 AD. King Arthur's third Guinevere bore him three sons, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N, Ithel, I-T-H-A-E-L, uh, which uh, could be translated later into Israel, and uh, Gwendoth Nerd, which is G-W-E-A-D-N-E-R-T-H, Morgan, ended up as King Arthur and died and was a good king in his own right. Let's look at the etymology of the names Guinevere. You have G-U-I-N-E, Gwyn, and then capital V-E-R-E for Guinevere uh, becomes Curtis Everett, uh, Katniss Everett, Everdeen, which in the movie uh, The Hunger Games, uh, you have Katniss Everdeen. You, so you have the word V-E-R-E and the word E-V-E-R. V-E-R-E means truth or true so ever true. And Gwyn or G, of G-U-I-N or G-W-E-N means white, fair, blessed, and holy. So Guinevere means blessed, ever true. Uh, Geneva, Switzerland was named after Guinevere. Um, Switzerland, which means sister land. So uh, they must have named it after Guinevere, one of the three, though, because uh, the other two doesn't fit in the name. Uh, Wilson mentioned in a strange way that King Arthur has similar problem to Henry VIII, the king of England, just 1,000 years later. Henry married six times, and Arthur had three queens and three common-law wives. Both needed to leave sons and heirs. Both also executed queens for adultery, and uh, which shamed the kingdom and himself. Uh, Sir Lancelot, next section. From Arturius Rex, the book, uh, Wilson writes, Maglin, which is M-A-E-L-G-W-Y-G-W-N, was a complex character, say the least. He was reported to be the largest man in all Britain and a very powerful warrior. And he rose against his uncle, who was king in North Wales. Later, he repented and entered a monastery in the kingdom of King Arthur in South Wales. Here he became involved in homosexuality, mixing with young men, and later left to go north and claim the Gwynedd, which is G-W-Y-N-E-D-D, Gwynedd Kingdom. He is reputed to have murdered his wife, and then he murdered his own nephew so that he could marry his nephew's widow. The mind of the mighty Morgwyn is shown to be keeping 24 bards, B-A-R-D-S, at this court, when all other kings traditionally kept only 12 to sing their praises. A great deal is known of this strangely capricious king, much of to do with his constantly changing attitude to the church and the saints and the bishops. So this is interesting. Lancelot is nothing as legend makes him out to be. He was a callous man who lived the uh, expression do-as-thou-will philosophy of Alistair Crowley, or so it appears. And we do have discovered was actually not the lover of Guinevere. Uh, an interesting side note, John Todd, who was a high-level druid, and on the Council of Thirteen, <coughs> excuse me, mentioned that his witch name was Lance Collins. Now we discuss Merlin. Wilson writes, amongst these people said to have been taken part in the Battle of Camlin, which is C-A-M-L-E-N, was the second Merlin. And that was spelled M-Y-R-D-D-Y-M, Midrin, and then W-Y-L-T, as Wilt or Merlin the Wild, a tragic figure in this age of heroes. The first Merlin, Merlin was, of course, Merlin E-M-R-Y-S, so that's Merlin Emrys, or Emrys Weidig, which is W-I-E-D-I-G, also known as Ambrosius Aurealis, Aurealis uh, or the other name. Poor uh, Midrin Wilt killed the warrior who fate brought against him at the Battle of Camlin only to find that he had killed his own nephew, the son of his own sister, Gwendid. Apparently, Merlin the Wild was fighting for King Arthur, and his nephew was a follower of Modred, which is M-O-D-R-E-D. 
The discovery of what he had done drove Merlin to distraction, and it is not unlikely that this is how he became known as the Wild. In addition, there is Arthur's son named Noe, N-O-W-I, which is equivalent to Noah, N-O-A-H, as we know today. His full name was Noe, and it's L-I-A-C-H-E-U, so it would be Lightshu, which meant Noah, the glittering one, or bright one. He is also called Gwindry, which is G-W-Y-D-R-E, which also means glass or virtuous, which denotes shining. This is very similar meaning to the character in the relevant uh, movie called uh, by Hugh Glass, who was the equivalent of Jesus in that movie. Also note that Arthur is in the center star with a Zudaak revolving around it, or Noah's Ark. So Arthur and his son, Noah, are all connected as well. The capital of Kentucky is Frankfurt. Arthur was the king of the Frank line. Now we have Frankfurt in Germany. Frankfurt was the capital city of King Charlemagne, ruler of the Franks. In Notorious Rex, we read King, and I can't pronounce his name, A-C-C-A-N-I-P-Y-S, uh, Akinippus, uh, who was married to King Lear's younger daughter at around 440 to 460 A.D. Clearly is King Aegeus, which is A-E-G-I-D-I-U-S, the prince of the Ronda Valley, and that's R-O-R-H-O-N-D-D-A, Valley, which may have become uh, the Rhone Valley, who migrated from France around 440 A.D. with huge numbers of his people. He ruled the area of the seven cities and was for 12 years elected king of the Franks as well. Notice how phonetically France, F-R-A-N-C-E, could be pronounced Frank, F-R-A-N-C-K, and the currency of France is the franc, F-R-A-N-C, pronounced franc, with a K. Now, in the Hunger Games, we have similar uh, scenario, uh, scenery rather, to Wales and similar to Kentucky. One in the lead male characters is Gale, G-A-L-E. He is an archer. He is the, his last name is Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E. Translated to what we have, H-A-W, which means white, and Thorne, T-H-O-R-N-E, which mean, is an anagram for throne. So we have white throne and is the white race Gael, phonetically is also G-A-E-L, that I'm familiar with in, in Gaelic, uh, which is the language spoken in Wales. So we have Gael Hawthorne in The Hunger Games is really Arthur. Wilson states that there has never been a king so loved by all his nations. His people adored him for his determination, unwavering courage, and genius. For being the only king who retired because of serious injuries after over 62 years of wars undefeated and yet still returned to rule and lead even when he was lame. So the King Arthur was and always is a hero. He's the most proficient and admire, admirable leader the world has ever seen, but also in a more special sense in the history of mankind. And there are in Wales no less than five folk tales, all of which tell of King Arthur being buried in a cave. In each case, the king lies sleeping with his warriors around him, waiting for the day when he will be needed to come to the rescue of his country, free it from the land of bondage of the English. So we will ask Arthur to come to rescue our country, uh, his country being our world. So if he asked me, I would say yes. And then I have the updated version of the YouTube of King Arthur's Legend and the Sword, which you'll be able to post uh, very shortly. So that concludes. What time is it? One fifty-four. We have six minutes left. Well, go ahead, listen, Jeff. There, there's so much in this, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I know that uh, it was a lot of information. I don't want you to get uh, bogged down in all of the details. I want you to see the big picture here. Uh, how they have been rewriting uh, history, how there's always a duality in whatever they put out. It's for the public, the normies, to see things, and then for people in the system to see things. Just bring, for instance, the deck of cards uh, that, you know, everyone has used a deck of cards. We talk about the Knights of the Round Table, and there was 13, just like Jesus and his apostles. And as, as mentioned, the, uh, you know, in the very beginning, uh, one thing that Jesse and I have brought out is that Arthur is actually 
the system's code name, essentially, for the Antichrist who is to come. So, of course, he is a hero, and he's going to be able to pour, pull the sword out of the stone. Uh, but it also, what was very interesting is the tie-ins to, you know, the Hunger Games, which we know is based on some reality. Uh, and the Game of Thrones uh, series was the biggest one in TV history, and you have to remember, you're actually watching some reality in it. Now, let's take a look at that reality. Remember, the system, as Chris pointed out here, uh, considers the North to be evil because the North is God. That's not where they are. Uh, but now we hear about all this stuff at Antarctica, right? Uh, so what, do they, what does the system do? They always do the opposite of what God does because he's a counterfeit. He tries to counterfeit every single thing, uh, that is out there. So this is, this is absolutely amazing when you get the big picture of this. And the other thing is that we'll point out, uh, when, uh, Jesse revealed, uh, who Merlin is in the system. So, you know, they've put out this story and this story and including, I'm glad you touched on, uh, the Wizard of Oz because that was a definitely a programming story. They're telling their story. They're telling people what they want them to think and how to think. Uh, but you know, they've, they put this stuff all out there. So it's all, it's been centuries and centuries and thousands of years in the making this plan and it's starting to come fruition and you ladies and gentlemen are living in a blessed time to start to get this information to have someone like Chris who's such a deep researcher to put some of these things together and just to ta put in some more pieces into your understanding uh, for this I just think this was an absolute brilliant essay and I will be posting it. And last week I alluded to, I think I'm going to put it up on, uh, onto our Write on You, uh, channel so I can put the full essays up because these essays are, are big. <laughs> you know, they, they really are big, particularly when we get them to a PDF and there's a lot of pictures and everything else. So, uh, that's probably going to be the best way to do it. And, you know, of course I have many different options and when, I'm going to build the website within the university. And I really just came up with the uh, what I believe is the best way to do it last night. So I do want to, uh, out of respect for Chris, the military analyst, to have a, a talk with him offline and just make sure that he signs off on it because it really is being built to represent his work and, uh, and you know, also provide a way for you to, uh, to support Chris because there's a, uh, you know, we have to keep him uh, very hidden. I don't even know his real name, folks. And uh, we have to go through mutual friends and everything else to uh, to be able to protect him. And uh, it's, it's a complicated situation, but we're going to get this up. And I'm going to put up all of the essays that we have covered so far in their completion. Uh, and I will be adding more to it as well. So uh, there's a ton of great stuff. Just be patient. You know, these things take time to build the websites and everything else, uh, but we'll get it up. But in the meantime, we've got to continue with these shows because we have to continue the, uh, the learning. And it's just an absolute pleasure to have the military analyst, Chris Wilson, with us. Chris, any final words? I think I've covered for this session... I'm getting an echo back, but uh, I think when you get your site, your university site up, they'll have in the neighborhood of 7,000 plus essays to read. And this is the truth of life. And I don't know anyone in 26 years that has covered as much as I have, except for a, a handful of maybe 10 or 12 that have come close. Anyway, um, this we will go in. I have articles for Antarctica, which are very fascinating and uh, it goes against everything we've been taught in life, but uh, uh, I'll do that probably the next session. I'm debating which one because it's uh, we only have an hour's time in which to uh, for me to uh, render the uh, briefing for each session. So um, I will show you. I will prove to the world that Germany never lost World War II. Fact. We've been taught that, but it's absolutely false. They developed anti-gravity crafts based on electromagnetism in 1922 and put it into production in 1930, 
three when Hitler uh, created the Enabling Act and took over Germany. Anyway, they did, developed a base at, uh, in South, in uh, Antarctica, and uh, that base still exists there today. And, yes, uh, and that's I will show up. You're allowed to go there. <laughs> hey, just out of curiosity, no, no Chris, has any of your research ever brought you to the Genesis 6 project? Uh, elaborate. Genesis 6 project is the modern day uh, so the, the Antichrist has always had an Antichrist person to rise in every single generation. Uh, but what was special about this one is it, it was in 1961 where, you know, they had a breeding program and they, essentially they were using the line that came out of Adolf Hitler, uh, to impregnate, uh, the women to bore this, uh, false Christ. And the project's okay. name is Genesis 6. All right, I'll research it, but I have material that's, that's affiliated with it. Uh, I can show where they've been, uh, that uh, genetics was uh, perfected, perfected in, in by 1940. 1942, where uh, Josef Mengele, uh, the white angel of death, was uh, Hitler's uh, geneticist and scientist, and he pre- uh, developed three programs. One was uh, identical twins. He created uh, one in five. I have a photo of in Brazil where he uh, experimented with women, and they range anywhere from, say, two years to 40 years of age. And uh, then he was, uh, Mengele was brought uh, by Nelson Rockefeller from his jet, flew down, picked him up. He never drowned off the coast of Brazil, and took him up to McGill University to train in parapsychology and psychology of, and basically mind control, MKUltra. And so he did, uh, genetics. He did the super soldier program and one other. Um, let me think. He, well, that's two for now. Yeah, anyway, he, uh, very real. There's no doubt about it. We're seeing it all in plain sight right now. Uh, it, it's, it's just, fascinating to see all this stuff and Chris I just think on a, on a personal note it's got to be uh, incredibly fulfilling after spending decades putting this stuff together to actually see it in public and see the proofs of everything you've been saying for decades to be coming out now uh, that's got to be personally fulfilling for you absolutely if you can show videos on your site I sent you a uh, one last night, and I sent it to you and then to uh, other people. Yours got corrupted. When I looked at in the send file, it was just garbage. But yet to the other people, they went, went across fine. So your site's being heavily monitored, Jeff. I'm letting you know. I know that. And <laughs> that, that is for sure. Uh, but yeah, I can host videos, but it has to be our own intellectual property. I can't uh, host other people's videos on the site. Uh, just because of copyright law and things like that. But, uh, listen, we're gonna, we're gonna get all these things done. We're gonna get them up. And, uh, and just one final thought, uh, uh, if you haven't gone back and checked out our episode, The Sword and the Stone, uh, you'll definitely want to check it out because there's more information, uh, on top of this. And we actually tie it into the Astro World concert with, uh, with that, uh, that gentleman, that demon who did the ritual with the portals and everything else. But, uh, it really was the sword and the stone, uh, was the entire thing. If you look at the, uh, the, the walkway that the performer had, uh, it, if it looks in the shape of the sword and it was going into the stone. And so that, uh, that brought up a whole bunch of stuff and we've covered, uh, we did about four or five different episodes all related to this on, uh, on right on radio here. And uh, one of the things that we brought out and I wanted to touch on is Merlin. Uh, so Jesse did a big, big drop on uh, on Merlin because, of course, Merlin the magician was in the story of King Arthur and the and the legendary sword. And Jesse has named who Merlin is. It is the top five individuals within the Holy See at the Vatican. And they are the ones grooming the Antichrist as we speak. So there's a bomb for you, folks, if you hadn't heard that yet. 
uh, now you know. And uh, this uh, this particular essay, although Jesse couldn't join us today, she had appointments with uh, with her family. Uh, you know, they had to do things, but uh, she was inspired by this, Chris. And we're going to be doing uh, a pretty big reveal, hopefully uh, tomorrow, Thursday, on our show. And all I will say to you is, if Jesse feels the release from God, uh, it will be diamonds, ladies and gentlemen. Diamonds. <laughs> this is something. One last one with that. Uh, You mentioned about copyright and uh, uh, protection. If I get written permission from the authors, that is suffice for you to be able to post special videos on yours. Yes. Correct? Fair enough. It will happen. One will do it for me. I already contacted him. I would love to do it. If I could download the file so I can upload it onto the site, that's, that's all I need. Okay. Or, or, you know, I still think I have permissions. What I can do, Chris, is I can just put the link to it. Like if it's on a YouTube or something like that, we can just put the links there, and then I'm not I'm not hosting it, uh, so I'm not in any violation. Okay. Although most are being deleted by YouTube. And, <laughs> of course they are. Uh, I've noticed because YouTube is part of the the uh, cabal. Oh, oh, anyway, um, absolutely they are. We will we will get more information. I have one that uh, ties in with it, which is King Arthur's Comet of around 560 A.D. Yes. And that went over Great Britain and the Irish Isles and devastated about 80% of the population then. And they migrated to uh, into onto the mainland of Europe and also to the Americas. Anyway, uh, I've covered what I had to say for today. So thank you for this time. And I'm glad the hope the audience uh, can appreciate the work I'm uh, rendering. Well, Over. I know they do, Chris. So thank you very much. And uh, and just before I end this, uh, I want to thank you, the audience, for joining us one more time. And please, if you want to support American workers, if you're sick of sending your jobs over to China, you know, and the manufacturing and stuff like that. Look, together we can we can really make a difference, and we can make a difference together by uh, putting our dollars to work and spending our money on made in USA, made in Canada products, products that you buy every month that you have to buy anyways because you go to the store. Everyone needs these uh, products. We've got about 450 products in the store, and uh, if you sign up at mylibertystand.com, uh, one of your fellow Right On Radio listeners is going to uh, text you, and they're going to set up an appointment with you, and they will take you through a virtual uh, look at the store. There's no obligation. These are not professional salespeople. Uh, they're literally just other listeners who are trying to make a difference. Uh, so if you uh, would like to, please go to mylibertystand.com. And again, thank you for listening, and thank you for joining us here on the Military Analyst Specialist Show. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.